Hey everybody, welcome to Match of the Year Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Garcia, and today I'm starting a series for 2021 all about All Japan Professional Wrestling. And it's really interesting to see where All Japan was in the 1990s. And that's really where we're going to be focusing. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Miyahara and some of the more recent stuff as well. Uh, also, Kijimuto and his time. But more importantly, All Japan from 1990, and it has a start date that you can say 100%, June 8th, 1990, all the way up through about 1999, early. All Japan was the greatest company in the world. It was defining what the Japanese style would evolve into. Because if you look at today, if you look at Okada, if you look at Tanahashi even, you see more elements of what they were doing in All Japan than you did what they were doing in New Japan. Okada is much more Misawa than he was Hashimoto or Chono, but more on that later. One of the fascinating things we're going to be looking at is how the style of All Japan not only influenced Japanese wrestling, but all of wrestling, and also how it damaged careers and could ultimately be seen as causing the death of its greatest star, Mitsuhiro Misawa, but more on that later. And where we're going to start is at the starting point where everything changed, and that is Jumbo Tsuruda versus Mitsuhiro Misawa, 1990, a match that should have won every award there was. Now, the background on this one is interesting. Jumbo was All Japan's biggest star. Yes, Giant Baba was still around, still actually really active, but Jumbo was the guy who could go. He was the guy who was having amazing matches every night. Misawa had been, for six years, had been Tiger Mask, number two, and killed him in that role. Great matches all over the place. Did a lot of touring and had a match. The only time I think I saw him live as Tiger Mask was against rock and roll Buck Zumhoff, which actually wasn't a bad match. But one of the things that happens is it becomes obvious that he has way more potential than the mask is going to allow him to display. So, in the middle of a match, teaming with Toshiaki Kawada, he pulls off the mask and throws it to the ground. And from that point forward, everything changes. And so his next big match at Tokyo Budokan was against Jumbo Tsuruda, the biggest star there was. These two have a hell of a match. And it's, it's difficult to boil it down to a story as much as it is a series of emotional points. There's a spot where Jumbo misses a dropkick, and Misawa goes and takes advantage of it. Misawa is the flyer here, and while Jumbo did use dropkicks every now and then, it wasn't one of his big deals. That little thing, the way it's sold, the way that moment plays out, it really calls into mind that this was a turning of the tables. This was, Jumbo is the superstar, but Misawa is the next phase. And it worked. One thing, the crowd is chanting Misawa, Misawa, from before the match starts all the way through the end. And while a lot of people today point out that this wouldn't be a five-star match today, 
I completely disagree with that, by the way. There is a sense that the moves are less significant than the flow, and that becomes important for two reasons. One, if individual moves matter more than the flow of a match, you end up with spot fest, which is, are great. I mean, I've talked about the uh, these days 10-man match, which is a spot fest like that. But here, it is about Misawa rising to the level of Jumbo, and Jumbo trying desperately to keep him down. But two, and this is where I think a lot of people who are looking at this match saying, well, that work isn't you know, up to the standards of today. It's a great match, maybe four and a half stars. I saw that a couple places. Ignore the fact that everyone in that audience was affected by everything that went on, and they latched onto the story so heavily. Misawa had only unmasked, and now he's performing at the top level and having a match that is 100% main event style. Because Tiger Mask didn't work main event style that much. He was sort of this interesting hybrid style that drew elements from Lucha, from the, what you were seeing the junior heavyweights uh, already starting to do in New Japan. And he was incorporating it within the All Japan general working style, which, again, great. But here, he 100% starts to play in the field. That Jumbo, that Tenru, that all the folks who were superstars in All Japan had already been working in. And he took to it like like a maniac. He was so good. And you see so many of the elements that you see from Misawa over the next 13 years that show where he is. You know, the, the exact right moment to pull up the tights is one of my favorite things. And in a way, he is acting disrespectfully. I've noticed this a couple of different places. He is not treating Jumbo in the ring as if he is a superstar. And though that is really a sort of a dick heel move, what he was really doing was asserting himself that I am worthy. And the crowd eats it up. It actually gets more and more into him because of that. And this match just moves so brilliantly. And what happens is it ends with Jumbo goes for a pinning attempt and Miss Alan pins him. And the place erupts. One of the reasons why it erupts is because that can't happen. It is not possible for someone the magnitude of Jumbo Tsuruda to job to Mitsuharu Misawa and that way in that time. It just doesn't happen. It was a complete and total reversal of the expectations. Because the thought was, maybe they'll go to a time limit draw, but the odds are Jumbo's going to get the win. But it'll lead to a chase, where Misawa will go and chase Jumbo, eventually getting the big win. It's a logical storyline. But what it doesn't do is it doesn't immediately establish Misawa as the player. This match did. This finish did. And it didn't diminish Jumbo at all. This is how you put over a young, up-and-coming talent. And they would feud in a couple of different permutations over the next year and a half, two years. And honestly, longer than that. Really, up until Jumbo goes away, there's sort of a back and forth between them. There are some wonderful moments that are impossible to ignore in this. But the one that really gets me is when they cut to the crowd and you can see people crying. 
Now, I've been to shows where this happened. Uh, Eddie Guerrero winning at the Cow Palace over Brock Lesnar. The legendary moment when Shawn Michaels super kicked Ric Flair saying, I'm sorry, I love you. The crowd, looking at that crowd, amazing. You know, tears happen when you are so moved that you cannot in other ways express the emotions inside. And when wrestling hits that, it's at its absolute peak. And this definitely goes to that level. This match led to some of the greatest matches of the 1990s, and they'll be talking about uh, Six Man coming up. I always was annoyed at the Tokyo Sports Awards because of this match, for a number of reasons. It gave the match of the year to FMW, I think it was Goto versus Onita, and gave wrestler of the year to Onita. Should have been Misawa, who though he did get the best wrestler. Maybe they call it the fighting spirit, something like that. Um, but honestly, it was Jumbo who was a star. And in 91, Jumbo Tsuruta would win both the Observer and the Tokyo Pro and the Tokyo Sport Awards. Misawa, by the way, never won MVP in Tokyo Sports. It's ridiculous. Some of the match of the years that happened around this point definitely deserve reflection, I guess is the best way to put it. The year before, in the Observer, was Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat, the two out of three falls, which... I think actually pales to this one in comparison because of the amount of emotion that managed to come here. Uh, Liger versus Sano I've talked about before. It's a great match. It doesn't, again, doesn't come to this level. And I think it's because the work here was, the work in uh, Sano versus Liger was so far ahead of the curve that it sort of overshadowed it. The next year, Hase and Sasaki versus the Steiner brothers. Great match again. But... I could think of a half dozen six-man matches that topped it in the Saruta versus Misawa feud. But what's interesting is when you look at best feud, Misawa versus Saruta 1990, Misawa and Company versus Saruta and Company 1991, both of them phenomenal, phenomenal wins. But one of the reasons why was Saruta was trying to prove that he still had it, and Misawa was trying to prove that he never lost it, I guess is the way to put it. But again, there's so much more than all of that. This is a rich, intricate series of combinations of the importance of Misawa as a wrestler. And he, at this point, this is where he starts to define what the All Japan style is like and is going to be. And Saruta is headed towards the end of his career, though, no one really knew that, but it's still working at a style that so few people would ever touch. At the time, Miss Misawa was way ahead of the curve in every dimension and would keep getting better. Now, there's a famous story that everyone's probably heard if you've read about this, um, particularly Meltzer's coverage of it, that initially, Saruto was going to go over. Well, there you go. That would be a big difference. But it was... Uh, Tarzan Yamamoto, the wrestling journalist out there, who convinced him that Misawa had to defeat Tsuruta by pinfall, and that Baba didn't decide to put Misawa over until the event started. And the reason why was because he had become so over at the smaller shows, you know, the Misawa chants were huge. 
and there were big sales in Misawa merchandise, which is really solid. But then an amazing thing happened, and this match is what did it. 100%, no question, this is the match that made this happen. This match didn't sell out. Every Budokan show for years following this sold out. Part of that was the power of the company in itself. Part of it was the fact that Budokan was a venue that had a tradition of great shows from all Japan, but mostly it was this show and this match proving that Budokan was where the big things happened. And in particular, where the things you don't expect to happen, happen. An amazing match. You can find it all over the place. YouTube, Daily Motion, all of that. Well worth searching out. And next week... Okay, let's be honest. It's not going to be next week. It'll probably be next month. Uh, we're going to look at another show that was really important. A, a six-man match that sort of blows the house down. One of the classics, also from 1990, which is the legendary Taue, Tsuruda, and Masafuchi versus Toshiaki Kawada, Kenta Kobashi, and Mitsuharu Misawa. It is going to be something to talk about. So stay tuned. Thanks. <laughs>